The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. We're back, baby. Next on Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Clark. Waits for him, Clark. This is no time for that. In the pocket and a sack. Tim Jamison. Brady gets terrific. Frozen and a touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got it. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kohler at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. On its way. It's good. He's 5'7", 179 pounds. A junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris hacks a wallop. And he delivers for Bo Schindler. And here's your first play. Pressure coming. Second. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Ron Robinson and Michigan. Winner. We're going to win the championship again because we're going to play as a team. And when we play as a team, and the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. Go Blue! Welcome to this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. I am Steve Dace, and today is a glorious day. It is official. We will have Michigan football in 2020. And there's going to be plenty of time to talk in the next few weeks. We've got five of them until the first game. So there's plenty of time these next few weeks to talk about who is and isn't on the roster. What's the schedule going to be? we got all... All of fall camp now to break all that down, and we will. But today, today is a day to celebrate. Today is a day for helmet stickers. Because here's how we got here today. You know, a lot of times when you're dealing with people in charge, there's the, there's the right reason they do things, and then there's the real reason that they do things. The right reason the Big Ten made this decision today to go back on its awful decision on August the 11th, and you can tell how bad that decision was if you watch today's press conference. Today's press conference was outstanding. Uh, they, they checked every box, knew every data point. 
which just goes to show you they're capable of much better than what we saw back on August the 11th, which makes that look like even more horse manure than it even was at the time. Okay. But I know their rationale is going to be, well, we've had advances in testing, like antigen testing that allows us to do this. And remember, I wrote for Sports Illustrated at Wolverine Digest several weeks ago, the Big Ten should use those advances in testing, those recent advances, as the justification to save face and, and um, get out from underneath the weight of a horrible decision. So that is a factor here. It is a factor. Except those advances in testing were available to the Big Ten last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Now, that, that may be the, the right reason today happened, but let me tell you what the real reason is. You. You're the real reason today happened. You refused to take no for an answer. You. The players, the player families, the coaches, the, the me, uh, several people in the media that aren't in the Karen Corona Bro Brigade. Fans. You people. You made today happen. You showed that every now and then social media can be used as a force for something other than dirty limericks, terrible rumors, and cancel culture. That it can be used to unify people into one voice. To pressure the powers that be. These school presidents are used to living in ivory tower silos. They have not faced a lot of the kind of pressure that they have been under for the last month. And it was people like you watching and listening to us right now, you did this. You put that pressure on them. You made them come correct. You made them undo this decision. You made them follow the data and the science that they ignored several weeks ago. You made them tell the truth about things like myocarditis we were being lied about a month ago. You made all of this happen. So it is you folks today. I come here to thank you. I'm going to get to sit in my man cave this fall and watch more beloved Michigan football because of people like you. You made it happen. You deserve the credit for this. Take a bow. Here's your helmet sticker. Now that football season is here, it is a great time to join us on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Michigan podcast for a dollar a month, $5 a month, maybe up to $25 a month. What you can get as well, not just the opportunity to support what we do here, but exclusive access to my stone cold upsets, lead pipe game locks for college football. I'm already off to a one and zero start. I had Army minus three against Middle Tennessee State. That game panned out. And then look at that record I have compiled so far this year in Major League Baseball. 67-34 and is my record right now with the Major League Baseball picks that we have put up on the site, patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. We've got my NFL simulation from my power ratings. Also, my best bet NFL win totals for 2020. This is the time to get on board and join us on our Patreon page. Thanks to all of you that have been supporting us already. Make sure you join us too. Patreon.com slash Michigan podcast.
It's time for the 10-minute war. We bring in our good friend and rational Ohio State fan, Mark Rogers. And Mark, this is going to be the most fun edition we have been permitted to do of this yet. Big 10 football officially has returned October the 24th. An 8-plus-1 model announced today. Eight games in the conference. It looks like it's going to be six divisional games, two crossovers. It sounds as if they're just going to drop two of the games they had in the 10-game schedule. So each team will lose one home and one away so that you have four home and four away. And then a unique idea for the final week where every team is going to play championship weekend based on where you're at on the standings. So the top two teams in each division will play for the conference championship, but then number two in each division will play number three in each division and so on. That is a clever way to get another week of TV revenue uh, and make up an entire month of market share that you've lost and instead try to get it all back by saying, hey, we're going to play all of our teams the, the week of the season that matters the most when we're making the final determinations uh, of who's going to make the college football playoff. So there's a lot of specific things to get into here, but just your big picture thoughts first and foremost. Oh, happy day, as some like to say, Steve. We got Big Ten football in whatever way, shape, or form that will receive it, and hopefully it plays out in which the schedule is going to be played uh, near full capacity so we can have a college football playoff a contender come from the Big Ten and a true champion. Uh, so I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic because I had not completely lost hope, but it did not look good a couple of weeks ago uh, without some intervention. And let's uh, give some credit to the American way, just the American way of people organizing, being unified, raising a ruckus, fighting against the elitists, and winning. Completely agree. I mean, other than some uh, you know, advances in testing, those were going down shortly after the Big Ten made its announcement. The Pac-12 announced its own rapid-fire antigen testing program, I think well over two weeks ago now. So, I mean, they could have made this decision to go back on whatever that was on August 11th. They could have made it four weeks ago, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, last week. They made it today, I believe, ultimately because this is about 25% about advances in testing. And 75%, politically, they just had an untenable position they could no longer defend. They had an unprecedented revolt amongst their own coaches, amongst their fans, amongst the families of players, the players themselves. And then, I mean, I don't know what you were what you were hearing and seeing, but there were several people I know in the Big Ten footprint that weren't sure it was safe to play or anything, but on Saturday, when they tuned in and watched Notre Dame play, were texting me and we're like, what in the hell are we doing here? Okay, I mean, how can Notre Dame play? All right, and we can't play. And I think, you know, if Trevor Lawrence saved the entire season in August with hashtag let them play, I wonder if Notre Dame should get, and and I'm a to hell with Notre Dame bow guy, okay? But, you know, given their status, their reputation, the fact they're right here in the heart of our footprint, the fact that they were willing to go forward and lay it on the line with that reputation and play, I, I really believe had a huge say in the fact we're going to have college football at all this fall, let alone in the Big Ten. You know, Steve, we've had conversations the last few weeks about whether the Big Ten could play catch up and all would be forgiven. And that still remains to be seen from my vantage point because the result is going to determine whether all can be forgiven. 
Uh, no wiggle room in the schedule. Uh, they have boxed themselves in. So it's great that they finally came to a conclusion. Uh, I like what they did in regards to what you just outlined uh, in this final hour. They made the most of the opportunity. I'm going to say that they made the most, and I'm impressed with the final decision, with the scheduling, that they made the most with this opportunity. But they've blown it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and now they've boxed themselves into a situation in which they don't have flexibility with the schedule. We've already seen... I'm counting up um, four games canceled out of roughly 20 to 25 games in weeks one and two already. So there is that there there is that uh, 10 or 15 percent chance that games are going to be canceled any given game. So they've got no flexibility. How is a Big Ten team going to be judged against its competition, meaning a Big Ten champion or contender at 7-0 versus an 11-0, or a 6-1 versus an, a 10-1 from another conference. Uh, so they position themselves to have a strike against their champion or any contending teams for that one reason right there, just less games. Uh, so also, their, their best teams are weaker today than they would have been weeks ago. And we're looking at Ohio State first and foremost, but we can go through the contenders. Uh, Wyatt Davis... One of the best guards in the conference from Ohio State, Sean Wade, one of the best players in the country from Ohio now, State. Now, those guys are opting guys back are in. Those guys are opting oh, back in. Back in. I'm sorry, yep. I did not see that. So now, they're, they're Pat Fryermuth is opting back in at Penn State. There's a lot of rumors yeah. today that Micah Parsons is going to opt in. Honestly, Michigan is the team that's substantially weaker. And and yeah. I can tell you that it's going to lose even more players. Um, Nico Collins has not been at this school in at least three weeks. Uh, Dylan McCaffrey has lost the quarterback job to Joe Milton. And it's not a surprise. The guy who loses the job typically transfers or opts out. I think he will opt out. So I think of those contenders, Michigan's only right now only lined up to be the one that is going to be uh, substantially weaker unless they can talk Nico Collins into uh, returning. And But I don't know if his status, if he signed with an agent or not. I don't know. Okay. So from that standpoint, uh, most of the contenders will be back in play. Uh, at full strength, other than your your maize and blue, apparently. So, but just in ter- in terms of the way they box themselves into yeah. less games, how is the college football playoff selection committee going to view a Big Ten champion or a contending team from the Big Ten with less games played? Uh, so it's a strike against them. It's a disadvantage. When you look at the kind of testing they're doing, and I I I know why there's concern about the tight windows here. And if you look at their testing standards, uh, five anything above five percent, uh, if, if and that's for an 85 person scholarship uh, roster, that would be anything over five tests requires an automatic one week shutdown. I know that seems probably unattainable, but if you look at a lot of the stats that Big Ten teams have been sending for the last few months. They've almost all been under 5% positive tests anyway. But keep this in mind with the kind of testing they're using. See, the reason we've seen about, I think it's 14% the number of college football games so far that have been either canceled or rescheduled. It's not because of positive tests. It's because of the contact tracing from a couple of positive tests. Like Arkansas State did not have 20 guys test positive for COVID. Memphis didn't have 25 guys test positive for COVID. You have a few guys test positive. Well, then you've got to do the contact tracing. Everybody that got they came into contact with, we had to quarantine them all. Well, with this kind of rapid fire daily testing, a lot of that contact tracing is going to go away, Mark. It's going to be much more in line with what the NFL has. You're going to know before everybody steps on steps every day on the practice field who's positive and who 
who's not, and you're going to know this every single day. Doesn't mean we won't have any cancellations or any outbreaks or things of that nature, but but I, given the performance we've seen in our league already, I'd be very surprised if we had, given that kind of testing and the resources our league has, I'd be shocked if we had some of these stories. And, and notice that a lot of them are group of five teams that don't have the kinds of resources to pay for this kind of testing. Well, Steve, what about Tennessee? They shut their practice down for a week. That was, again, over the contact tracing. They only had a few positives, but when when they went back and traced who these players had been in contact with, it was like 30 of their teammates. So they had to they had to stop practice. So a lot of that contact tracing where you're seeing the mass sit-outs, like Georgia Southern had the 33 guys sit out, that's not positive tests. That's contact tracing. This kind of testing is designed to hopefully avoid those scenarios. But the programs have got to take care of their own business, Mark. You know, they talked a good game for a month. Look at our testing numbers. We can do this. And you saw the presidents today basically said, okay, we're going to put your money where your mouth is. you got to keep those same low scores going or we're going to shut you down. I'm having issue with the positivity rate of the population being taken so seriously. And I understand the theory involved, uh, the the obvious connection there, but I just haven't necessarily seen it play out elsewhere. But I've not unraveled the layers of information that maybe they have, that there's a direct connection. The, the, the connection in theory is obvious, but I just don't – I would like to know more about that. Well, they're sitting on college campuses right now where there's scores of positive tests and like zero hospitalizations at almost every single one of these schools. So that kind of lends itself to what you were what you were just talking about. But what does this mean for the league itself going forward? Well, I think everything's fine if uh, but they have zero margin for error or little margin for error. And that's that's the difficult part of waiting so long through this entire process. Uh, I don't know what damage has been done in regards to relationships and credibility that we'll have to see that play out and kind of um, make our judgment and evaluation on the way things are going to play out down the road. Uh, in terms of that, I just find it ludicrous to look back at the decision made just days after the announcement of the schedule and some of those ironclad statements by Kevin Warren in regards to, you know, this will not be revisited and and that there was truly a unanimous vote. Of course, they wanted to put that in front of the public. And I get it and I understand it. Uh, I can't imagine that there was. Hmm, it's hard for me to believe. I won't say that I'm not uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fully, <laughs> fully uh, uh, disbelieving that there was a unanimous vote. But for for it to be turned from 11 to three to 14 zero uh on the flip side maybe the the testing procedures were that convincing to the presidents that it did flip it around to that degree but i got to think that once the the presidents who knew that they were on the short end of the stick knew that they were that there was a push to say we need to be able to report a unanimous vote here's the bottom line we're going to have the entire off season to go back and do more skullduggery on on what happened to get us to this point in the first place. If you look at how professional today's announcement and press conference was, uh, that is such stark contrast to what we saw in early August, which only makes what we saw in August even look more hacktastic because we now now we know they're a lot better than what they showed us in August, and and we need to go back and get answers to that. But for now, here's what's important more than anything else: Big Ten football is back. The season is about 37 days away here in Big Ten country. And for now, let's just enjoy the games. We'll have the entire offseason to go back and retrace our steps on how we got 
down this rabbit trail in the first place. Mark, it's always good to see you, man. Thanks for joining us. Yes, a historic day for the Big Ten and fortunately on the positive side. Finally. Yes, been making the wrong kind of history lately. Good to see you, brother. Take care. This week's Twitter poll results, we asked you, do you have the same excitement and anticipation for the 2020 Michigan football season returning that you did even before its cancellation? 42.4% of you said yes without question, but 35.8% of you said no without question. 21.8% of you said not with the player losses, meaning I was excited going in, but the player losses we've had since have dampened my excitement. Hasn't dampened my excitement at all? But it has certainly dampened my expectations. We'll get more into that like uh, next week here on Michigan Podcast. Let's get to this week's question of the week. LJ Jones 95 wants to know, why not 10 games? Well, because they chose to start October 24th and there's not 10 Saturdays. In fact, there's only nine between then and when the college football playoff is announced. So it's already a tight window, but I mean, I'd, I'd love a 12 games schedule, but we were going to have to start earlier for that to happen. The, the problem with starting it earlier now is you have a couple of programs like Wisconsin, I believe is one Rutgers is another that are on pause right now. You have several programs in our league that have not been practicing this entire time and essentially have to ramp up all over again. So I still think they could have started a week earlier on October the 17th, but at this point, I'm not going to look a gift cuck in the mouth. I'm just going to say thank you for my college football. Thank you for my Michigan football. And I'm going to run with it for the rest of the fall. Thanks to all of you for watching and listening here this week. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, five-star review, whether it's a podcast version of this or the YouTube version of this. Share it, uh, spread it to all the Michigan fans you know, however you may be accessing us. We thank you, and that helps us to get the word out about what we do each week right here on Michigan Podcast. And you can follow us online on Twitter, at Michigan Podcast, and at WolverineDigest.com as well. Next week... Back to regular order. That's right. We're going to start breaking down a season like we would in any other year. Better late than never. Until then, go blue. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.